All right, it's the Keith to the City Yankees podcast, and the Yankees lose to the Rays in embarrassing fashion, 14 to nothing on Thursday afternoon at the Trop. They failed to sweep the Rays. They are now 4-10 and with an opportunity to sweep, and really it's only 3-10 and because they swept a two-game series from the Phillies. It's only two games, so if you're just counting these three-game series, four-game series, they are 3-10 at with an opportunity to sweep. Just not good enough, not nearly good enough, and Garrett Cole, once again, wasn't nearly good enough against the Rays, a team he's had trouble with in his two seasons with the Yankees. He can't beat Boston. He can't beat the Rays. It's been bad for Cole. Two teams you have to beat, and right now, if you look at the standings, the Yankees are seven games back in the division in the loss column. They are six games back for the first wild card from the Rays, and they are two games back from the second wild card for the A's, and the difference right now is Yankees-Red Sox. The Yankees are 3-10 and against the Red Sox. Horrible. If they had not even played the Red Sox this season, they'd be right there. They'd be right there. But the Red Sox have single-handedly taken care of their own business and separated themselves from the Yankees. They're only one game ahead of the Rays, who they'll play this weekend, which we'll get to. But the difference between the Yankees being there for the division right now and not is their play against the Red Sox. And yes, you can look at other things, but that's it. Is there, it's, The Red Sox have single-handedly beaten the shit out of the Yankees to the point that they have nearly buried them without a chance to come back in the division. And I think now, following the trades for Joey Gallo and Anthony Rizzo, that this Yankees team can still win the division. I know the math is horrible. It's nowhere near being in their favor. They'd have to go something like 43-18. and 18, But their schedule allows them to do that. They have an easy schedule the rest of the way. They have six big games against Boston. And really what's most important is the Red Sox and Rays will play each other 13 times the rest of the way. Every single time those two teams play each other, the Yankees have a chance to gain ground on someone. And in an ideal world, you want one of those teams to go 7-6 and six against the other. You don't want one of them to beat up on the other so the Yankees aren't making up any ground on one of them. You want even ground. If the Rays and the Red Sox go seven and six, six and seven against each other here, the Yankees have an enormous opportunity, especially this coming weekend where they'll play the Marlins, who are awful, last place team in the awful NL East, while the Red Sox and Rays play each other. This is a big weekend. So forget about the game against the Rays, which was horrible. When you win the first two games of a series at the Trop and you have Garrett Cole going in the third game, that should be a fucking win. It's got to be a win. That should be a win. And for him to be as bad as he was in the first inning to give up four runs right away without recording an out after he catches a break on the first pitch near home run, that's just disgusting. I mean, and a frustrating inning too, you know, Lau kind of just barely nubs one enough to get things started. And then, you know, he misfires with, with Troy to leads to the walk and then you know, I, I thought he made a pretty good pitch to Diaz uh, that he grounded up the middle. That's close to maybe getting a couple and then a 1-0 backdoor breaking ball that Meadows hits out of the park. That's like, man, it's, you know, <laughs> it's, you know, it's hard to say mistake 1-0 backdoor breaking ball that you're getting back into the count. And he sticks it in the seat and all of a sudden it's, it's a four spot on the board. And from there, I thought he really settled in actually and threw the ball well. Um, so frustrating, no question that first inning, but you know, it, it, it really wasn't that far off from, you know, being a clean inning for him. So it, I, I think definitely frustrating for all of us.
Yeah, of course Aaron Boone says that. Of course he says, yeah, he really settled in. Yeah, he did settle in. But he was terrible to start the game. He was terrible to finish the game. I don't give a shit that he struck out 10 guys. The Rays strike out against everyone. What I care about is that he gave up eight runs, seven earned runs, and five in the third innings. That's not nearly good enough. It's time for him to step up and win these big games. Pitching a complete game shutout at Houston, that was nice. But he hasn't done anything even close to that against the Rays or the Red Sox this season. The teams that they need to beat to get to the postseason. That was a missed opportunity in a season full of them. Now it's about these last 61 games beating the Marlins this weekend. You got to go sweep the Marlins, especially after you make these two huge deals to get Joey Gallo, to get Anthony Rizzo. The Yankees, finally, the front office admitting that you can't win with an all right-handed lineup. It was idiotic to think they ever could. But these two moves prove that they are admitting they were wrong. They went out, they got a left-handed bat. They went out, they got another left-handed bat. Now you don't have to see Brett Gardner there. You don't have to see Rugnet Odor there. Those two guys should be stapled to the bench for the rest of the season unless there's an injury. And even if there were an injury, I don't want Gardner in the fucking game. It should be Greg Allen, then it should be Estevan Florial, then Brett Gardner. You want to keep him around, fucking to high-five people in the dugout to be a clubhouse presence? That's great. Shouldn't see the field again this season. No. There's 61 games left. The Yankees have to win around 40 of them to get to the postseason, and then the mid-40s to win the division. The best team needs to play every single day from here on out. That means John Carlos Dayton, time to put on the big boy pants and go play the fucking outfield. That means Aaron Boone, time to write the lineup card the way it should be written. Time to put the best hitters at the top of the order and only there. That means no more Rugnet Odor. It means no more Tyler Wade, no more Brett Gardner, no more Kyle Higashioka. Because he can't fucking hit. And if you get a start like you did from Cole yesterday, why is he even there? The security blanket, the comfort for Cole, it didn't work out. Not even close to working out. This team can do something here now. With this lineup, this is a great lineup. And it sucks that it's coming so deep into the season when this team is in a horrible spot. And it sucks that for the last two years when the Yankees were a better team in a better spot, they didn't do anything. And now this year, they're not even holding a playoff spot and they go out and get two game-changing bats for their order. It's odd. It doesn't make sense. But they they still have the opportunity. And I wish they were in first place, and I wish they were starting to stack their roster for the stretch run and get to the playoffs. Or I wish it was March 31st and that tomorrow is opening day and they're starting the season with this lineup because they wouldn't be in the spot they're in now, that's for sure. But they're not in first place. It's not the day before opening day. It's July 30th. It's the trade deadline day. The Yankees don't hold a playoff spot. They're chasing the A's, they're chasing the Rays, they're chasing the Red Sox. They're going to be chasing for a while here. Unless they go on some miraculous run and it's there for them. They've got three against the Marlins, then three against the Orioles, then four against the Mariners, then three against the Royals. That's their next 13 games. That's as easy as it gets. The Marlins are in last place. The Orioles are in last place. The Mariners are the fucking Mariners. They're not any good. And the Royals are a last place team. They're going to see three of baseball's six last place teams in a span of just over a week. And then the Mariners, who are playing 10 games above their expected win-loss record. This is as easy as it gets. This is a chance with the Rays and the Red Sox playing each other a bunch of times coming up here, including this weekend. This is the chance for the Yankees to make up ground and make it up quickly.
Then they have six games against the Red Sox. Win four of those. Take another two off. This can be done. It can be done. The math probability is not in their favor, but it's there. It is there for them. And with this lineup, I am very confident. Because there's no more forcing left-handers into the three-hole, into the six-hole, just to get lefties in there. Now you're forcing good. Now you're not forcing left-handers in the lineup. You're putting good left-handers in the lineup. This Yankees team can do something special. They really can. It's going to take the offense coming alive, and it's going to take the bullpen figuring it out, as well as Aaron Boone not screwing up nearly every single game. But they can do it. They can do it. You're looking at a lineup now where you could go LeMahieu. Judge, Gallo, Stanton, Rizzo, Sanchez or Torres, then Sanchez or Torres, then Urshela, then like Greg Allen. This Yankees team is one that you can get behind. No more Rugnet Odor. No more Brett Gardner. No more Tyler Wade. No more Ryan Lamar. No more barely in the league bats. This is a good team. And Frank Marco of Bronx Pinstripes joined me to talk about the new look Yankees. If they can win the division, if they can win a wild card spot, if they're headed to the playoffs at all, and everything else. So let's get to it. All right, and joining me today to talk about the Yankees with the trade deadline here, with them taking two out of three against the Rays, is the always optimistic Frank Marco of Bronx Pinstripes. Frank, how's it going today? How's it going, Neil? One more move is what we need. We need one more pitcher, and then I'm ready to go. Still, <laughs> still cautiously optimistic, but at least we don't have to see Gardner in the lineup every day for the rest of the season. You'd hope, you'd hope, but that he's right. going to be there at some point. And uh, someone jokingly tweeted at me that he'd play more games than anyone else the rest of the way, which probably isn't unrealistic given the fact that Aaron Judge doesn't stay healthy, John Carlos Stan doesn't play the outfield, and Joey Gallo, he's going to put on those pinstripes, and he'll probably, uh, you know, the luck with them hasn't been good with the injury bug lately, even though he's never really been injured in his career, knock on wood. Uh, but for you to say, yeah. here we go, I mean, this is a team that's wheeling and dealing like they're the ones with the with the eight game uh, loss column lead in the division. Not the team that doesn't even have a playoff berth. Uh, uh, you know, they're not even holding a playoff spot right now. It's just kind of it, it's kind of sad that we had to wait to get to this point for us to kind of do anything. I, I know a lot of the motion happens during this week and the trade deadline and everything, but you can still make trades earlier in the season. And I think Cashman kind of waited too long. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm happy to have finally have two lefty bats that are capable of hitting a ball on the ballpark. We legitimately have not had that this season. Uh, the Yankees are slugging 396 as a ball club and is that's near last uh, in baseball. I mean, they have a, they're have their 26th in uh, WRC plus at first base with an 86 WRC. So, I mean, they, they haven't hit at all, and it's kind of been a surprise. Uh, I mean – they're returning pretty much the same team they had last year, and they hit fine, but everybody's fallen off a cliff. I mean, uh, Voight's been hurt. Glaber hasn't hit at all. LeMahieu's fallen off a cliff. Um, Urshela's kind of doing his thing at third. Um, but then, you know, Judge's been hurt. Gardner needs to retire, uh, and <laughs> Hicks is hurt. So, I mean, you know, it, it, pretty much every downside that we had to every lineup position has happened, unfortunately. Yeah, and every time Brian Cashman has had a – chance to talk to the media over the last two years he's been asked about having an all right-handed lineup and every single time he said that's just sort of the way it worked out you know we go for the best talent and we make it fit this these moves here to get Gallo to get Rizzo is the Yankees admitting they were fucking wrong all along with this 
Absolutely. I mean, I, I kind of understand where he was coming from. You know, when you have when it's 2017 and you have Aaron Judge and and those guys, they they were hitting everybody at that time, right? Um, and, and then we had DD back then, and he was kind of a nice, you know, kind of broke up all the righties. But we have not had a legit legitimate lefty bat in this lineup in a long time. I can't even remember who the last one was. Um, and you can't even count DD really because he didn't hit a lot of home runs. But I mean, Brett Gardner hit 29 home runs two years ago when you know everyone and their mother was hitting home runs, so you can't count that either. Um, it's been a long time since we've seen like a prolific lefty um, for the Yankees. I'm excited to have Gal and Rizzo in the fold the rest of the season. I hope it's not too little too late, but I mean, I'm definitely going to be excited to see those two, um, you know, go upper tank at Yankee Stadium this summer. Well, you talk about too little too late. This is a team that's eight games back in the lost column of the Red Sox, even though they're getting, you know, beat up pretty bad right now by the Blue Jays. So let's say that's seven at the end of the night. They're six back of the Rays for the first wild card in the lost column. They're two back of the A's who have to play late night on Thursday. This is not a team that's in the, you know, you would think with these moves, they're in first place. They're starting to round out their roster for the stretch run to get in the postseason and be set to go. This is a team that doesn't even hold a playoff berth. Like, their chances at the playoffs are under 50% right now. They have to do serious work over the last 61 games to get there. To win the division at this point, they probably have to win like 48 between 48 and 50 of the remaining 61 games to win the division so you pretty much can cancel that that path out the first wild card is just about as far out of reach they really have one option to get in the postseason and that's the second wild card berth and if you get that berth you're going to go on the road you're going to burn garrett cole and if you win that game you're not going to have cole till game three or four of the alds so they're doing all these moves and it's like yeah, if this was March 31st and tomorrow's the first day of the season, I would feel unbelievable about this team. But it's hard to feel really good about them given the position they're in. Even though there are 61 games left, they're in a horrible spot. No, I mean, they really are. And their pitching has has kind of carried the team. I know it's, you know, it seems almost sacrilegious to say that now, but they're, they're fourth in the American League in, in ERA. They have a 3.75 team ERA. Um, unfortunately they've blown a lot of games at the end. That's kind of, you know, made you scratch your head and some games that we should have ended up winning, we lost, but so their, their pitching has actually been decent for the most part. Um, I think they need a couple more bullpen arms. Their starters have been not, not terrible. Um, it's really their offense. That's been the problem. They're dead. They're dead middle of the pack. They have a hundred WRC plus, t- uh, as an offense, uh, which is exactly league average. They're hitting 280, uh, 236 as a team. They're getting on base at a 324 clip. So, I mean, it's pretty putrid. I mean, pretty much they have eight teams better than them, the American League right now, that are hitting better than them. And if we expand that to the, you know, um, all majors, you know, the Yankees are like 25th or something in offense. It's, it's kind of sad. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping these two big bats kind of, you know, uh, force them in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, that's the hope. I guess the hope is that they get into the one-game playoff, which is an embarrassment. In a season where this team was – the preseason favorite to win the American League to represent the AL in the World Series for the first time in 12 years. They're settling, or not really even settling, they're grinding their way to try to get to the second wild card. It's bad. And I really want to be excited about Joey Gallo as a Yankee, and I really want to be excited that Anthony Rizzo's there and to not have to see Luke Voigt and Rugnet Odor and possibly Brett Gardner anymore. Uh, but to, to have this happen on the day when they just get torched by the Rays, 14 nothing, a chance for a sweep, they fail again. They're now 3-10 and 10 in sweep opportunities. Garrett Cole goes out there, gets blasted yep. by the Rays, can't beat the Rays, he can't beat Terrible the Red Sox. It's not, a, it's not exactly the best timing for this to happen because, yes, 
it's a great the lineup on paper now looks awesome but they're not in a great spot to to do this now like you said if this was a couple weeks ago sure but i mean they're in a horrible spot I mean, they've just had they've had a lot of injuries too, right? I mean, you have Brett Gardner starting every day. I mean, he's 37 years old and is basically starting center field, you know, five times a week. It, we can't do that. You know, it's <laughs> out of necessity at this point. You got Greg Allen playing. You got Ryan Lamar out there playing. No disrespect to those guys, but I mean, the outfield situation has not worked out at all. Aaron Hicks, I know, you know, he's not your favorite player, but it hurt us when he got hurt. Uh, he was the everyday center fielder, and we didn't really have a legitimate backup center fielder. Um, Gardner could fill in there on occasion. Um, Judge has even played there a few games this year. But, I mean, the injuries has been a problem. The lineup we, we were trotting out that we were trotting out there every day was not the lineup that we all signed up for back in the offseason. Um, and, you know, that just we can't score runs because of that lineup, and that's why we've dug this hole. I mean, this team is not anything like what we invented it to be. Um, we took some chances on the, you know, the rotation side with – Corey Kluber and Jameson Tyon and, you know, Kluber's gotten hurt. Uh, Tyon had, you know, kind of had a little rough beginning of the season, but he's actually kind of rounded out to a, a decent pitcher. I mean, he's not anybody that's going to go seven innings, but I mean, he's been solid for the last month and a half now. So you kind of hope he continues that. And I mean, I think I, I hate to be the guy that's, that's longing and wishing for Severino to come back, but well, man, what a shot in the arm that would be if he can come at, come back and be decent. I mean, I'm not, not counting on that, but they they need another they need another starter and they need a high end one. Yeah, I love Severino. He's I love him. I've loved him ever since the first game he got called up back in 2015. The thing is with the Yankees right now, if if they if the postseason was starting and they were in the ALDS and they had Kluber back and Severino back and now they had Gallo and Rizzo, I would feel unbelievable about their chances in October. But like we've said, they're not even holding down a spot to get to October. So it's kind of odd that the last two years when this team was you know in 19 they were arguably the best team in the american league all year right there with the astros they didn't do anything at the deadline last year eight teams got in the postseason they were going to the postseason they didn't do anything at the deadline now this year they get two huge bats they make a move for gallo that's not only going to help them this year but next year rizzo is a huge upgrade at first you know they haven't had that kind of defense at first when lemayhu doesn't play since Teixeira was there and they're doing it when they're in a horrible position, a terrible spot, when the team's way worse than they were the last two years. It's very odd that they're like, we're going to go for it now when they're t- two games out in the loss column of the second wild card. It is odd. And I think, I mean, Cashman, he, he sees the writing on the wall, right? They need to make the postseason or Boone's going to be gone. And Cashman may have to step out into, you know, VP of baseball operations. They may even make a change at GM. I'm not saying that Cashman's going to be gone, but – he may step back from the GM role if they don't make the playoffs. That's, I mean, I don't think that's out of the question. Um, I think these two acquiring these two players is more about acquisition costs than anything else. They didn't give up a ton to get either of these players. Um, they they kind of went with quantity over quality. They still have like their top, you know, five to seven guys in the farm system. They didn't trade away uh, Anthony Volpe. They didn't trade away, you know, Jason Dominguez. They didn't trade away um, any of your other top tier guys that we've heard so much about. So. Um, we're kind of we're kind of uh, making uh, trades from the strength, which is the debt that they have. Um, some of these guys, most of these guys, probably won't ever be major league regulars. They may be filler pieces, or I mean, one or two of them may pan out. But um, you know, those are guys that the Yankees are able to trade away to to improve their current ball club. 
especially now in you know judges' prime years and and um, you know, they have Garrett Cole here. They they have to have something to show for those players. And you know it'd be a shame if Judge you know left his Yankee tenure after next year without the winning World Series. Yeah, and I think a huge storyline is now going to become you know. Is it Judge or is it Gallo? Because they're both free agents at the end of next season. Uh, Gallo's younger than him. He doesn't have the injury history as him. Certainly, he's not the homegrown talent star you know, in New York that Judge has become. But that's going to be a huge storyline next season. I know we have a lot to get through just in this season with 61 games left. But uh, that's going to be a huge deal next year. Those two guys looking to get paid. The Yankees likely only going to be able to pay. Well, not that they can only pay one of them because they could pay anyone they want. But in Yankee, in Hal Steinbrenner Yankees terms, they're probably only going to pay one of them. So, uh, you know, little rivalry is going to be brewing out in the outfield for the Yankees next season. Hey, and I'm, and I'm all for competition. You know, that that's totally fine with me. You know, Judge and Gallo can compete together and, uh, Gallo is no slouch defensively either. He's probably going to man left field every day for the Yankees. At least that's the report we, the reports we've heard. Um, I don't know who they're going to try out in center field every day. I, I would kind of like them to leave Florial up and have him kind of see if he can stick. I mean, um, he, he's, I know a lot of people have deemed him as not ready, but, we, we know he needs to make more contact, but why not try at the major league level? You're, it's either him or Brett Gardner or Greg Allen. And Allen's been great, but, you know, there's a reason that he's been bouncing around between clubs. You know, he's probably not going to keep this up at this point. Um, I, I don't – so, I mean, what do you think they're going to do, Neil? I, I mean, like I said, I think we've heard that – obviously, Judge's in right. I think we've heard that Gallo's going to play the majority of left field. Uh, we heard some first base, but that was before they traded for Rizzo. So now he's kind of like their – you know, third option at, at first base. So, I mean, who are they going to play in center field? What do you think? I mean, to me, the smartest thing would be to play Gallo, Judge, and Stanton in the outfield. They have to get better offensively. Yeah, that's not going to happen. So they have to lose. They have to lose Gardner as an option. And the only way to do that would to be to put those three in the outfield. But if they're going to play just Gallo and Judge in the outfield, and then DH Stanton, and then you put Greg Allen uh, in in center, so you have Gallo and left, Allen in center, Judge and right. Hey, I'm for that. Like Allen's earned his playing time. He's he's been great in the yeah. two weeks he's been a Yankee, he and if he falls has, off. And he looks like the you know the basically career minor leaguer that he is over the next few weeks. Then okay, then you figure something out along the way. But at least for right now, he deserves to play. He's been you know the guy when he comes up. I'm like he's going to do something. He's either going to walk, steal a base. He's going to he's going to drive a double down the right field line. He's been awesome. So give him a chance at playing everyday center field and batting ninth. It's 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 what Brett Gardner probably should be doing. But that ship has long sailed like three years ago. And it's time to, if he's going to be on the roster, fine. Let him fucking be in the dugout, high-fiving guys. Let him be a clubhouse presence. He cannot be on the field anymore. There's there's fucking 61 games left. This team pissed away every opportunity they've had this season. Every time it looks like they're going to go on a run, they stumble. Then they, they looks like they're going to go on another run, they stumble. Enough's enough. You, you just traded for Joey Gallo. You just traded for Anthony Rizzo. Put the best team on the field for the last two months, and, and hopefully you can get the second wild card. No, I totally agree, and, and you know, no, no one's a bigger Brett Gardner fan than me. You know, I, I, I he's probably my favorite player in the last you know ten years or so. Um, I love the guy, but he's clearly declined. He's hitting like one ninety two. I mean, he would have been fine as a fourth outfielder this year. Unfortunately, the injuries kind of force him to play every day. And when you're thirty seven and you play every day, you get exposed. And he's not the guy he once was. He, he he's not walking like he used to. He, he's striking out more. He's not able to hit for an average anymore. It's it's. It's a sad ending. Um, you know, I wish it didn't come to this, but you're, I mean, you're right. They, they can play any of these younger outfielders they have. They could play Greg Allen or Florial or whoever, and they're going to be an instant upgrade over Gardner. So, 
the question now becomes, so I'm looking here at Joey Gallo. It looks like he's played – he has not played any center field this year. So his last – he played one inning in there last year. In 2019, it looks like he played 309 innings in center field. So I don't know if center field's even an option for him at this point anymore. Um, I think the Yankees should try, though. Um, because I think it's easier for them to fill the left field uh, with their internal options in, in, in center field, unless they're willing to play Florial every day there. So um, that'll be interesting to see going forward. But I totally agree with you. Garner does not need to be starting every day, obviously. Um, fine if he fills in, you know, a couple times a week. But honestly, they should release him at this point. Just go claim Mike Talkman because the Giants just DFA'd him the other day. So, yeah. um, <laughs> I mean, and he probably plays better defense than Garner at this point, and he can still hit a little bit. So, um, you know, that would kind of be funny if Tottenham came back kind of full circle. Uh, but, yeah, the, the Giants did DFA him today. So uh, we'll see. I mean, um, got to get another outfielder in here, though. Well, I know you're an optimist, or at least you're mostly optimistic. Not that I'm not optimistic. I'm more of a realist. I know you— Just because you're so negative. Man. I'm not negative. <laughs> I'm, I'm realist. <laughs> I tell it how it is, but you are optimistic. So w- there's 61 games left. There's you know two months and a week to go in the season here. They're They're— buried in the division i know there's like a slim chance they could go on some miraculous run if let's say they were to sweep the marlins this weekend and the rays sweep the red Sox, and all of a sudden they trim three games off the lead and something happens I- i've been waiting for the red Sox to regress since the first week of the season it hasn't happened yet so i don't know maybe they just yeah. won't maybe it's another miraculous season for them but as an as an yankees optimist frank what do you envision for the next two months of the season i mean i think they're going to be much better I don't know if they're going to be like the Yankees teams that we're used to seeing, but I still think they can get to 90 wins. I do. Um, the problem is that they dug themselves such a hole. Who knows if that's good enough to get a second wild card spot? That's the problem, right? I mean, so Fangraphs has them going. Fangraphs loves. Fangraphs still loves them. They have them going 36 and 26 to finish the season, so 10 games over, which. That's totally doable. But that's I mean, not that's not gonna be good. Row, that's not gonna be good enough. That has them at eighty nine wins. So I, I don't I don't know if they make the playoffs at eighty nine wins. No, I don't think they do. Uh, I need them at here. I need them at ninety six for my preseason uh, over under bet, so Well, you're not gonna you pretty much kiss that bet goodbye <laughs> Sorry to say. But uh so actually let's see. They, so right now Fangraphs has the yeah, the White Sox, the Rays are gonna win. They they're calling the Rays with ninety two. So they actually have the Yankees and Athletics tied at 89 wins uh, if they expect to kind of, you know, project how they're supposed to project the the rest of the season. Obviously, projections are a complete guess. Um, They're just using the talent that they have on the field and kind of, you know, uh, punching in the numbers on that. But they could easily surpass that. They could also easily play way under that, like they have played under their projection all year. Um, You know, who knows at this point? I think the Yankees are a much better team than they were two days ago. Um, with these new bats that they've gotten, and we'll see. I mean, I, we've been waiting, like you said, for them to get hot all year long, and now they finally have a reason. Do they finally have a roster shakeup? If only that last piece, Neil. If they if they just can that nitwit manager we have, they might <laughs> yeah. go on a ten or fifteen game uh, winning streak. But they're not going to do it, so they're going to wait to the end of the year. I think he's getting canned no matter what um, at the end of the season, but. We'll see what happens. Um, hey, if they optimistic, though. they'd have to get in, win the World Series, and then I would, you know, he's off the hook for me forever. But that would take 
for them to win the World Series with him as manager would mean they would have to like win every postseason game by five or six runs because it would mean then that he didn't have right. any impact on the game, which is impossible when every postseason game is like a one or two run game. He will have too many too many decisions to be made, too much say in what happens. It, I mean, he has to know, like, that's it. If, if you're Aaron Boone right now and you every day you go to Yankee Stadium, you should be, like, bringing home some stuff because you're, yep. you, you're, there's, a, there's an end date on, on you being manager. And if there's not, then then there's an end date on me being a fan because if they don't make the playoffs <laughs> or they get to the wild card game, lose, and they bring this fucking guy back, that'll be it for me. I'll just I'll find you something know, else to do. When Girardi was the manager and I was kind of learning, you know, getting into the sabermetric stuff, kind of, you know, really delving into like the nerd stats, as I like to call them. We, you know, the biggest thing in a nerd community is managers don't have that much of a bearing on the outcomes of the game, right? The talent wins out, you know, the players are going to do what they're going to do. And the manager is kind of there to push buttons on occasion. Having a terrible manager completely throws that out the window. I have never been more, I, I mean, every move he makes is just a complete head scratcher, and it it does not put them in the best uh, position to win the game. And it has a direct correlation on how they're playing and how they feel walking to the ballpark every day. I mean, I've never felt more strongly about this now. If you asked me two years ago, I would have said, "Eh, yeah, manager's not that big of a deal. But there's a huge difference between Aaron Boone and, say, you know, I hate to say this, but like Alex Cora, who I think really knows what's going on. I'm kind of jealous that they have him. The Red Sox, that is. Um, so I really think he Boone directly has influenced at least five games this year. This year negatively, I think they'd be much better off without him. But we all know that I know that, or that I think that, and that you think that. So we can move on. We don't have to dwell on it longer. <laughs> I feel like I'm wearing off on you. I feel like if I had asked you that four months ago, you might have a different answer. Well, it, it's sad because I think. Um, this season in particular, but here in the last two years or so, I've swung back in the other way as far as the pendulum goes between analytics and, you know, the eye test. Um, now I totally get why we need, you know, you have to have contact errors in the lineup. You have to have a manager that's not a bonehead that makes decisions because, you know, it's hard to quantify those things, but it matters. I mean, it, they they make a difference in the game. Um so, yeah, I, I'm not sure what else to say about that. But, yeah, I, I guess I'm leaning towards the more of the old-school mentality at this point. Um, well, you know, I don't mind bunting as much anymore. You asked him that two years ago, I would have said, don't ever bunt ever. Yeah, um, well, I think, you know, there's seeing, a, uh, I think there's a good balance. You know, don't like, do that, you know. <laughs> yeah, and well, I think there's a good balance. And, you know, David Cohn, who's best broadcaster, best color guy in the entire league, I think he's the best at having that balance where he, you know, respects the analytics, he respects the advanced stats, but obviously as someone who played the game at such a high level that he did, he understands the human element of the game actually being in there, actually playing, and he talked about this like two weeks ago, um, or right after the All-Star break, when Greg Allen and Florial were sort of sparking the team, they were stealing bases, there's hit and runs going first to third, and and Aaron Nola was pitching, and he talked about how when you're the pitcher and someone like Greg Allen's on first, it completely distracts you. And then all of a sudden, Allen steals second, Nola freaks out, throws a ball down the middle, a double down the line, and look what happens. And those are things that the the numbers don't quantify. And the idea that the stolen base, you know, should be out of the game unless you're an 80% stealer just goes to show, you know, even if you're not, a guy like Allen who's just fast, just being on base, and granted, he's been awesome at stealing, you know, that part of the game is sort of gone. And you're listening to a guy who's a borderline Hall of Fame pitcher talk about how it freaked him out. And if it's going to freak him out, you know, there's way more, there's way less qualified pitchers than David Cohn in the league that it should freak out. 
So what you're saying is uh, 2022 manager David Cohn, because I was signed for that instantly. <laughs> he's, he he knows what he's doing, man. I'm telling you. No, I, I totally wish agree he... with you, Neil. Um, he, he has his thumb on the analytics and everything, even way beyond like spin rate. Like I'm talking about like spin efficiency and he can speak to all those things. But like you said, he also knows the human element. He knows – uh, what it's like to be in those situations and knows how, like you said, they can't, you know, someone being speedy on the basis can't necessarily be quantified, um, but it does affect the game and affects the pitcher on the mound. And I think that's where, you know, some of the sabermetric guys kind of get weary because it's hard for them to get behind the idea of that because they can't put a number to it, but it is real. It does exist yeah. and it does change the game. Yeah. And I, re- when I reviewed his book two years ago, uh, you know, that's what basically I thought this guy should be the manager. And he talked about how, um, you know, in a recent interview, I think with the New York Post, how he was, you know, Brian Cashman interviewed him for the pitching coach job before Matt Blake got it. But he Cashman told him that he didn't know enough about the, you know, the software that they use and the tools they use now. It's like this fucking Matt Blake. Is he making a difference out there? You know, I'd rather have David. Not, if, yeah. if, if I'm some, you know, if I'm Jamison Tyone in a big spot, do you want David Cohen? coming out to talk to you a guy who's been there or do you want matt blake to come out there because he fucking read a chart right on uh, on his macbook right no i mean i totally agree with you i mean matt matt blake's kind of been just a, a quiet quiet guy i mean i don't really know much about him i don't know we haven't heard anything that he's helped anybody with we haven't really he's just kind of he's just kind of there and um you kind of wonder if they clean house after the season um if Boone goes you know is matt blake and and the rest gonna go yeah, um, and, but we'll see. And I'm not saying Matt Blake's not good, just like Marcus Timms. I don't ever put anything on the coaches unless you're Kevin Long, who seemed to get all the credit for the 2009 Yankees and none of the blame whenever things went wrong right. the years after that. But, uh, you know, I'd feel a lot better as a fan if uh, the Yankees are in a huge jam and David Cohen's trotting out there to give some words of advice <laughs> rather than Matt Blake. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, think, I, yeah. I think there's a good balance. I think you have that good balance, Frank. I think you are, uh, you know, you're right in the, you know, you used to be way more crazy with the numbers and, and some of the wild stats that have to prove that the you know the fifth guy off the bench is is great but you've, you've come around you've come around hey man i'm just trying to evolve as a human like the rest of us right <laughs> well, well huge... i have one question for you that yeah. i asked you before we started here so this is off the wall but we talked about glaber and geo yeah so can geo play shortstop every day I and wish. if you're trying to maximize, so like we talked about, there's 60 whatever games left this season. We're trying to maximize the amount of wins the Yankees can, can squeeze in. Do you swap those two guys for the rest of the year? The Yankees would Is never that- do that. But if, you know, and, and the fact that Glaber has never played third at the major league level, but if you remember back in 17, he was going, he was basically within days coming up to take over for Chase Headley. That's how good he was at AAA before he had the collision at home plate and needed Tommy John. Uh, so he did play a lot of third base in the minors. He hasn't yep. played it now in four years. Uh, but, I mean, that's a move I would make. You watch Gio Rochelle play, he's just he's a better defender. I don't care what any metric says that puts him at, like, negative run save, whatever fucking crazy formula that has. You just watch the guy play every day. He's the better option. And, yes, that would be a better move for the Yankees would to be have the better defender at shortstop, but no, they they would never do that ever. Maybe next year when why, this huge why? class is a free agencies out there, but not this year. Well, here's the reason I say that because I think I don't think Glaber's playing shortstop for this team next year. 
Yeah. That's just a feeling I have. I think there's um, too many free agent I, I, options, and the Yankees are going to be over the luxury right. tax anyway next year, so I think they're just going to go fucking crazy next year. Right, and I think they're either going to trade him or they're going to move him to second base and then maybe LeMahieu plays first next year. I'm not really sure. The good thing about LeMahieu is that you can kind of play him at third or, for, or first or second. Um, so that's the reason I asked that, is that you're, you're kind of – I'm kind of looking into the crystal ball and seeing if we're trying to maximize the, the wins that we get this year. I really think the strongest defensive team would be Geo at short and Glaber at third. And then having LeMayu, a lot of people are saying move Glaber to second, but no, I disagree. You keep LeMayu in his gold glove position. He's a great second baseman. Right. Um, and then obviously Rizzo is going to come over and play his gold glove first base, uh, you know, position. So I don't know. I, it's just something I've thought about. Like I said, like you said, I, the Yankees will never do it. It's just something that I kind of thought about and thought, huh, you know, that probably would, that probably is the best defensive infield. It is, except we're talking about a team that, uh, you know, pitched Brooks Krisky in back-to-back 10th inning games last week. So I don't think they're about ready to make any yeah. smart moves. Well, I don't know if you, I don't think call that pitching. You know, you have to, you know, <laughs> at least come near the plate a little bit. But anyway, That's true. I digress. That's very true. All right, Frank. Well, 61 games to go. Big fucking weekend here. Yankees have to go to Miami and take care of business because the Rays and the Red Sox are playing each other. So every single night there's an opportunity to make up ground here. This is an enormous weekend. Enormous. Like, sweeping this weekend is so fucking big. You know, I'm pumped. I'm pumped right now for this weekend. Gallo, Rizzo in the lineup on Friday night. Hopefully, maybe Booney will keep one of them out saying the travel, you know, they needed a little rest. Uh, But this is as big as it gets. I'm excited, man. Uh, hopefully they can score some runs now. We finally have some lefty pop. We're finally going to be able to see some moonshots from the other side of the plate. I'm so excited to see that. Um, I wonder if we're going to see Stanton in the outfield. That's the only question yeah. I have. You know, they talked about it for a while. Um, I'm, I'm going to guess no. But that's just my <laughs> personal keep, opinion. I mean, they they keep the outfield in two friggin' years. They keep procrastinating and lying about it, but I do think you'll see him there. It has to be. You can't lose his bat right, okay. just because you're scared of the well, turf or I mean, whatever. The guy gets hurt no matter what position he's playing. Just play him in the outfield. I mean, I would. Right now, I would lose his bat. I mean, that's true. That's <laughs> he, true. He swung and missed the ball the other day by three feet. I think so. He's just in one of his funks. Uh, he's definitely a guest hitter. Oh yeah. Um, he's one of the more frustrating hitters to watch, just because when he's on fire, he can't be stopped. But when yeah. he's cold, you might as well give him a you know a two by four. He's, he's like, not going to hit the ball. He's a gambler. He you know they they said oh the yep. Yankees think it's a mechanical issue. It's like no, it's like when you you know you no. hit you hit bets five nights it's in a row, you feel untouchable. Yeah, he just goes up yeah, there and he says, swing has always been ugly. Yeah, I'm gonna, he's, he's, if he decides he's going to swing, he's going to swing no matter where the pitch is. And if he guesses it right and it's in his zone, it's 500 feet. But most of the time he's not going to guess Correct. it right and we see what happens. So kind of funny, you know who also was like that? A-Rod was the exact, type of, exact same type hitter. He was a guest hitter. But yeah. A-Rod was a much smarter, smart, much smarter baseball mind, I think. And so he guessed – he guessed right more often than not. I think that's the difference between the two, honestly. I think he was a guess hitter, um, but he also had the ability to react if he needed to. Right. And I think that Stanton really lacks that. Because, I mean, you don't see him go the other way for a base hit. You see him at a home run the other way, like almost right. like he was trying to do that. You know what I mean? He doesn't make adjustments. Right. He is swinging for the, you know, you get the, the bat speed, you know, you have the prolific stat cast stuff. But you don't ever see him, you know, just loop a loop a single or loop a double or anything. And that's what I think that, um, you know, A-Rod was able to do. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> Is Gallo getting A-Rod's number? 
now that'll just be sitting there forever like paul o'neill's number i, I think i saw yeah. he I, I saw i don't know if it was true that he's gonna wear 18 but i don't know if that's real or that was just people guessing that i would be okay with that we had some pretty good 18s over the years johnny damon and yeah. rudy and rudy for a little uh, that's true that's true <laughs> yeah i don't think there's any way they give him 13 but man that would be whew, that yeah, would be shots be fired if they do that Oh, all right, Frank. Well, big weekend ahead. I look forward to talking to you over the weekend during these games. Thanks for taking the time to come on. All right, man. We'll check in soon. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks to Frank for taking the time to come on and talk about the Yankees. Two huge moves. Two huge moves can completely change the final 61 games of this season. And it begins this weekend in Miami, a three-game series against the Marlins. The next 13 games are as easy as it gets. As easy as it gets. So that'll do it for today. Thanks for listening. I'll be back after Friday's game to talk about it. Talk to you after the game.